Steelers fans, Ben Roethlisberger had a lot to say on his own podcast about Kenny Pickett. We'll break down what he said and get you my response, along with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Then we'll get you ready for OTAs with setting up as OTAs do open up Tuesday. It's all that and more here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as always, you can donate to this to our Cystic Fibrosis Foundation campaign that we have going on here. To do, to do so, just use the QR code that's on screen or go to the link that is attached in the description of this podcasting episode, whether you're listening on the podcasting app or watching on YouTube. As I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders. He's back on the show. Alan, we gotta we gotta delve into this Ben Roethlisberger stuff, man, because it was a sunny morning in Pittsburgh that I woke up to, and I thought Monday I was like, man, this is going to be a beautiful week, OTAs, I'm going to be going to practice, it's during nice sunny days, not cold, cloud, rainy days like I've had at pit practices, and then I see the, the Ben episode, and I'm like, uh-oh, what what did he say about Pickett, uh-oh, what did he say about Kenny Pickett, and then the firestorms of Twitter of Twitter start happening and people that are against Ben and people that are for Ben and all this other things here. But let's boil down what was said in uh, in in this whole situation. Ben Roethlisberger admitted that there was a bit of selfishness, selfishness on his part that he was rooting against Kenny Pickett and the Steelers when he first started out. And he said that Kenny Pickett won him won him over. He even said that he thinks he's the that Kenny Pickett is the future, and he's excited for him. And talked about rooting for him in his in his own basement where he records his show uh, footballing with Ben Roethlisberger. I want to encourage everyone if you want to actually get the words of Ben Roethlisberger, go to the show and watch him and listen to him say it. It's much better to get that context from him than just to read it on a screen because if you read it on a screen. Sometimes I think that I think that people get look at it, it can be very easily turned into a very negative connotation here. And I still think that there's certain criticisms, criticisms you can make of Ben Roethlisberger here. But Alan in large, I, I felt like this was Ben being honest in a way that was also kind of he was admitting like, hey, I was wrong for feeling selfish and rooting against you. You are that guy. And I think it says a lot about Kenny Pickett that he got him to believe in him. Uh, with Ben Roethlisberger's ego. Yeah, if you go to the uh, podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, it's an hour and a half long. It's at the very end. So just, you know, we can, we can <laughs> like an hour, an hour and a half. In, just like, just like, well, listen, to the last five minutes, you'll get it. Um, I think it's, I mean, first of all, look, I'm a reporter. I talk to players. I, I, I get canned quotes all the time from people that don't mean what they're talking about. And nobody likes that. Nobody wants to hear that. So I appreciate Ben Roethlisberger's honesty. Um, sort of seemed like, you know, the question kind of caught him off guard. And he just said, hey, I'm going to say how I feel. Um, I think the idea that if you're a player or really in any job and you kind of get 
forced out and and th- th- there's this feeling whatever you want to call it a resentment or you know maybe just like you know you just don't want to see the next person come in and do better than you did right like you, you don't mm-hmm. want to feel that way i think all that's pretty natural the part that kind of just stands out to me is that it's very clear that Ben Roethlisberger wanted to keep playing quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger felt like he could have kept playing quarterback. And I'm not quite sure I can get on board with that idea. <laughs> but see, these are, these are the few things that I take away from this that I'm like, okay. Whereas I give Ben the grace that that shows really, I think that's, that, that shows honesty that he was really to come out and to admit that instead. I, I'm right with you on a few things. One, he, he did not have more in him. I mean, we you go back no. and look at look at that year. Yes, he had some game winning. He had a lot of game winning drives that year. But you go back and you look at how the Steelers won most of those games in 2021. It was on the back of a defense that in only one of their wins in that season did an opponent score more than 20 points. And uh, and go, going back through throughout those games, it was the defense and TJ Watt who had a defensive MVP season. Um that that led the Steelers throughout that. And again, it doesn't mean that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't deserve credit for what he contributed during during those games because he did contribute with several, I think, clutch moments. And that was the biggest factor that he could bring to the table was that when the game was on the line, he was used to that. And he wasn't a young guy panicking in the moment like some players do do in the NFL and like most players, players do in sports. But, um, you know, but I, again, I look at that that year and it was like, it was obvious to anyone who was being objective about it. And it was like, that was it. That was the last bit of of stuff he had in the tank. And even, and and like, listen, I get the, the, the idea that, that players in general, if you don't go out on top, if you, if you, if you didn't win the title in your last year and a year that you knew that this was kind of it anyways, you feel like, man, what if I could do one more? What if I could do one more? You're these athletes build their lives on beating the people who defy them, people who said that you can't do this, they do that. And so it's tough to turn that off at the end of your career and do that. And I think that Ben Roethlisberger's honesty here opens a discussion for that. But I'm just sitting here like, wait a minute, you were rooting against the team that paid you $267 million over 18 years and made you the longest tenured football player for a single team in NFL history and did everything right by you, even when you had two sexual assault allegations cases and you had the motorcycle accident. And again, they didn't get rid of you. When they could have in 2019, when his elbow went, went bad and everyone was kind of like, yeah, he's done. They let him come back for two years. To me, that's the only thing that I'm just like, why Why were you even feeling that way? But again, I think it's big of him or at least good of him to be able to say that was wrong of me. I was selfish and I'm here now. I'm past that. I think it's one of those very rare times where I think you can apply real life to sports. I think people try to do this way too often and it almost never works, but I really do think this is a situation because it's all feelings, right? That's all it is. It's just feelings. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where you can think about like, man, if I had my job for 18 years and then the company was like, yeah, look, you've been kind of nah the last couple of years, we're going to go a different direction. Here's the new guy we're bringing to replace you. How would you feel about that person? How would you feel about that company, that situation? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it is, a bit more like real life than, than sports usually are. And I think it's a place that people can try to put themselves in that position. And I'd like to think that if I did my job at, for, for 18 years and did it really well, and uh, there was somebody younger that was going to take the job that I think I'd be, 
you know, gracious and, and hope they did well and try to help them if I could. Um, I also thought it was really, really interesting that, you know, Ben earlier in the podcast sort of went out to Kenny and was like, what was the relationship like with Mitch Trubisky? Because it was so important for me to have, you know, guys like uh, Charlie Batch and, and Byron Lefwich that were there for me that helped me develop. And, and I'm like, man, like the juxtaposition of these two things, right? Ben is talking about like how it was so important for him to have people like, you know, kind of help him along. But then, you know, we all saw the relationship between Mason Rudolph. Obviously that wasn't a very good one. Can't think given what he just said, it would have been a real nice friendly relationship if Kenny Pickett had come onto the team while Ben was still there. Right. Like Ben is at the same time saying like, Oh, that's really important. But also I'm not that guy. (laughs) You know, like, and so I I don't know. I I don't think it, it, I don't think the, the the net of this makes Ben Roethlisberger look very good, but at least I mean it does make him look human, and uh, I I applaud his honesty, and uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, you know he seems to have embraced Kenny, and and this isn't going to be a thing, um, you know, like a Terry Bradshaw situation where there's this frostiness between a former player and the club uh, for, for reasons, and and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen here, but definitely. Um, not what I was expecting out of that that interview, and uh, yeah, interesting. If anything else, I think it just proves that whether it's on the field or on his podcast, Ben Roethlisberger shoots from the hip. He just yeah, that, that is just who, who he's going to be. One hundred percent. Yeah. Which uh, the last thing I want to say about that is like everybody's always like, oh, why don't they bring Ben back as coach? It's like this guy don't play in anything. He don't even play in his podcast. It's like, come on, how is he the coach of anything? He's just like, yeah, like, we're just going to say this. Yeah, we're just going to say stuff. Let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Oh, man. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get more to what I think is important about this, too, is the Kenny Pickett aspect of this, how he handled the moment, and how I think what I think all of this says about him, that he could win over Ben Roethlisberger, who admittedly wasn't keen on people that could be his, his successors or replacements. More on that and some preparing for OTAs in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Don't go anywhere, but first, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook. And of course, FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one place to go make bets on all things sports and especially right now on the NBA playoffs, which Denver Nuggets have clinched their way to the NBA Finals. Miami Heat are playing the Boston Celtics uh, Tuesday night to see if they can sweep their way into the Finals as well, and that can be locked in. But the way that you can make money off all of this is by going to FanDuel Sportsbook right now, America's number one sportsbook. And if you haven't signed up already, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet, which gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up today and learn and learn about your no-sweat first bet, and you can bet on, on anything. for How many points Jimmy Butler's going to score? Is Nick Nicola Jokic going to get another triple-double. Who's going to win it all? All these things can be bet on right on FanDuel Sportsbook, and it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today by going to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, I, I want to kind of uh, not be as much on Ben's comments here, but kind of also get back to the point that, you know, the Steelers seem mighty confident 
and Kenny Pickett. And that's great. The organization should, you know, because there's teams like the Titans who drafted a quarterback that same year and now have already drafted another quarterback. Um, they don't seem, they don't seem confident them. in any of theirs. <laughs> right. There's just no confidence in Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and probably not Will Levis either because they didn't draft him in the first round. But back to Kenny Pickett, the Steelers have expressed that confidence. I think it says a lot that Ben Roethlisberger <clears throat> was kind of admitting that like, hey, like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't rooting for you to be the guy, but you are the guy. And he, and he basically said that on his podcast. And I think that says a lot about Kenny Pickett that he continues to win over people, even though it wasn't the greatest stats year. Like it wasn't a year where the average person can just come out and say, Oh yeah, Kenny Pickett, he's going to be the guy, you know, the, the, you know, he's, he threw seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. His passer rating at the end of the year was 76 point uh, seven. Uh, and so you, you look at that and you're like, that's not great. He's not going to be a legendary quarterback, but I think a more and more people who study his tape and study to see what he was doing within the Steelers schemes, find confidence that he could step up and be the franchise quarterback that leads the Steelers into the future. What did, what do you think that does this say anything to you about Kenny Pickett? Or you think this is just a hey, man, Ben's going to, Ben's just going to say what he's going to say. I mean, I think it certainly adds to reason for optimistic feelings. And we've talked before about how I feel like the Steelers this offseason are a little bit underrated. And I think most of that comes from people not really seeing this growth from Kenny Pickett. I mean, if you look at the way the Steelers offense changed from about week nine or ten on, um, in terms of their yards per play and their efficiency, like they weren't putting up huge numbers, but there were these so obvious strong signs of growth. And then, you know, the the late drives, which of course is going to catch the eye of a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who was sort of known for that throughout his career. But I just think it there's so many reasons to be optimistic about Kenny Pickett. We're seeing now, you know, Mike Tomlin talking about his work ethic, like. Those of us that covered him at Pitt, I think that was the thing that we all were like, well, I don't know if his arm is good enough, but he's 100% on everything else, right? Like he is that guy in terms of leadership and work ethic and film study and and desire to be great. And so I, I don't know why anyone would be like, I, I think just the, the NFL world is a way too low on Kenny Pickett right now. Um, but I think, you know, I think, well, look, if Ben was willing to say what he said earlier, like minutes earlier, I think we should take some stock in his evaluation that he thinks Kenny Pickett is the real deal and is going to be the next Steelers franchise quarterback because he was clearly not in the mood to be sugarcoating things, right? Like if he didn't mm -hmm. believe that, he wasn't going to say it. He was going to say, I don't know, yeah, good luck. We'll see. I'm rooting for you. Get him, Tiger. You know, like that's not what he said, though. He, he gave a pretty glowing endorsement. And I think there's – Lots of reasons to think that's accurate. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's – I mean, I, listen, I don't, it doesn't change how I feel about Kenny Pickett, but I think it's it's good to see that uh, someone who's not necessarily tied to that organization, not collected a paycheck from it anyway, uh, is out there saying the same things a lot of people that are inside that building are saying. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's still just – all that matters is what the Steelers believe because they're the ones that are going to be planning around him, organizing around him and, and working with him. But let's talk about Kenny Pickett and how he's going to approach the first OTAs that he's going to run, where he's going to be the guy last year when it came to OTAs, it was just, 
can, can how does Kenny Pickett look like? Oh, that ball he threw. Oh, that's a professional ball. And people wondering, would he be the, 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 the third string, the second string, the first string? There's no questions anymore. He's the guy and he's had offseason workouts. How do you think Kenny Pickett is going to approach OTAs this week as we, when, we, when we get our first chance to talk to him? We know that the, one of the first questions he's going to get asked is about that podcast and what Ben, ben said. But I, I, you and I know Kenny Pickett. We, we covered him in college. We've seen him there. He's going to brush that off and make that such a such a such a non-deal. I think what's going to be interesting is going to be seeing how much more fluid does he look with his receivers in timing, in just being a step ahead and maybe expanding upon what we saw from him last year. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of the things that he talked about in that podcast too was just you know the number of coverages that get thrown at you at the NFL level is very mm-hmm. different than. Uh, in in college, and that that took a lot of his preparation time, and so it was not necessarily about him working every week to like get better. It was uh, you know, working every week to get ready to do his job. And I think OTAs are a place where okay, there's no opponent this week, right? This is all just about getting better. And I mm-hmm. think um, that'll be a good opportunity for him to show some of that. I think when you look at his pit career and you see the big jump that occurred uh, from that fourth season to that fifth season in his productivity, I really truly think the biggest thing that happened there was that he, for the first time in his career, really felt a lot of confidence, a lot of faith, and was like just on an innate level on the same page with his wide receivers, Jordan Addison, Taysir Mack, mm-hmm. Jared Wayne, uh, those were his guys. He had known them for a while. They 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 brought each other's games to a different level. And I think OTAs are a great opportunity to show some of that. Kenny's had the guys down in Florida already this offseason. You know, he's showing the leadership part of it. Now he needs to show that sort of fine detail, confidence, fitting throws into tight windows, anticipating when guys are going to get open. Uh, those are the things that separate, you know, good quarterbacks from great ones, especially guys that, you know, like Pickett do not have – this sort of out, you know, otherworldly howitzer of an arm where he's just beating people with mm-hmm. pure arm talent. You know, that's the kind of quarterback he has to be. And so I'm really interested to see how the work goes with guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who he didn't really work with at this time last year, right? I mean, Pickens a little bit, but certainly not Deontay Johnson, certainly not Pat Fryermuth. You know, those guys were with the first team and Pickett was with the third team. So this is really his first shot at this. And I think it's, it's going to be an important uh, time period for him in this offense. I, I agree. It's, a, it's going to be very important. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see again, how far do they come along with their, their chemistry, their timing, uh, you know, and, and these are things that you really still can't tell too much in OTAs. It's still just football in yeah, shorts. I mean, you, but that is one of the, th- I think I feel like timing between the quarterback and the receiver is one of the things you can kind of like judge a little bit, you know, cause it's not, cause the opponent doesn't matter. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, Deontay came out of his break and the ball was right there in his hands. Like, Oh, that's true. okay. That's different. Like that's new. I didn't see that last year. You know, I think that is something you can see. I'm also interested to see what, like, does the offense look exactly the same? Are there going to be changes? Are there you know, some things that, um, you know, are a bit more? Look, I mean, I don't think there's a ton of difference between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky in terms of, like, their physical person. But there's obviously going to be, like, preference stuff that they're going to be putting in from day one for Kenny Pickett instead of putting together an offense for Mitch Trubisky like they were doing this time last year. No, I agree. Yeah, I think that there's – 
there, there's going to be a lot that's going to be thrown in there. I, I think the Steelers, it's, but I think the Steelers will have will say like, you know what, this guy's earned a bit longer of a leash. Last year he was a rookie. Mitch Trubisky was a, was a newcomer, and they knew that you know as long as T.J. Watt was healthy, that they were going to be able to play really good defensive football, keep games close, and as long as the offense didn't turn the ball over an insane amount. They have a good chance of winning a football game, as you know, in most situations, and that was what got them nine wins. Was that formula? But now this year, that formula I think has to be different. They, we, we this offense needs to at least be able to score anywhere between twenty-two to twenty-seven points per game on on an on an average. Uh, and again, that's just that's just like just get there, just get there, and then we can start talking about other things. But if they're continuing to win games. You know, like they have the last few years, where again, seven of their, uh, excuse me, eight of their nine wins uh, in 2021 came when opponents were scoring uh, 20 or or, le- or less points. Um, and then this year, it was pretty much the same thing. Uh, in fact, all the wins came when their opponents were scoring 20 or or less points. It's been that way for two seasons now, um, and really three of the last four when you consider 2019. Uh, I think that it's time for the offense to take a step up in that direction. We'll talk more about what we need to see from OTAs for things like that to happen and maybe some underrated storylines that Alan and I are looking at. All that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Stick with us as we continue getting you ready for the start of Steelers OTAs. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, one of the facets that we're not going to be able to see in this offense is, and we kind of talk about this during rookie camp, but we're not going to be able to see how physical this offensive line is or how together they are. That's going to, like, as much as the timing, that'll be great to see and everything, but still, how his offensive line looks, how they run block for Najee Harris, how all that works together, we're not going to be able to see that until even to, the, even to like, mid to late August. So... In the training camp, like not in, in the, the first training. week of training camp, really, yeah, like exactly. in, the, in the training camp. Yeah, like this is going. This is going to take, like it's it's going to take like three months from now, like before before I think we start to get a sense of who these guys are. But there's still new faces. Broderick Jones will be returning. Well, he's he's basically stayed there since rookie camp. Um, and then you have Isaac Somalo, Somalo who's coming in there. Uh, and you're going to have an offensive line that's look that's looking to improve. And a lot of what the Steelers offense to get there, I think depends on them, but there's also questions about how does the running game look in the backfield itself? We know Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren are effective here. I got a question here from one of our callers, Joe from Westchester asking about who I else see. is going to be in there. Yes, Westchester, PA. We give calls from all over, baby. Here's Joe with a question about who's going to fit in behind the two top running backs. Hey, Chris, it's Joe um, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I had a question for you regarding running back three for the Steelers this year. It may sound a bit silly, uh, but seeing that the Steelers are presumably going to be much more run-heavy team this upcoming year, um, is it out of the question to consider who uh, may be able to fit the running back three spot? I know we have Najee and Jalen, obviously a really good one and two, but um, it really wouldn't hurt to have that number three. Um, I kind of look at a team like the Ravens or even the Steelers. I'm sorry, the Eagles of uh, that 2017-2018 season when they won the Super Bowl. So let me know what you think. Thanks. 
Well, thank you, Joe, for your question. If you ever want to get your question on the air, call 412-223-6644 and you can get your question in. Leave your name, where you're from, and where, and keep your question under a minute. We'll try to get you on the show. And if you donate $10, at least $10 or more, to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation under the uh, under the, the, the link that I provided or on the QR code uh, that, that I provided here on screen here, uh, you can, uh, you're, you'll get your question answered on the show within a week of your donation. We get a lot of calls, so I don't get to always get to all of them, but we try to get to the one, but we will definitely get to the ones of the people who donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in that fight. But Alan, as I look, as I look at it now, the Steelers, they just let go of Master Teague. I, I just, I so badly want him to just be on the roster. Just, I love that name. Just Master Teague the third. It's not even just Master Teague, but he's on, he's been released from the team, but it, it looks like to me, third running, third running back is going to be Anthony McFarland. And I don't think there's really much to be mad about that because he's a change of pace from the other two guys. And that's fine for a, a third string running back in the, on this team. Well, I think you have to give the edge to Anthony McFarland, but I will caution that I don't think anybody this time last year was thinking that Jalen Warren was going to be on the team, right? Very good point. Uh, there are two undrafted guys here in Alfonso Graham out of Morgan State mm-hmm. and Jordan Bird out of San Diego State. Now, they're going to move Bird around a little bit, but he played running back in college. And these are just two smaller, really fast guys. And to me, it's pretty clear this is sort of setting up a a battle there for running back three, which I'm a little confused by. I mean, I don't I, I don't think that Master Teague was some sort of irreplaceable guy, like obviously, but a weird timing for his release. Um, and you know, Benny Snell's still out there. Is he gonna come back? Do they you know they don't really have what I would call like a true uh, you know, they have Jalen Warren, I guess, as the backup to, to Najee Harris, but you know, usually you want to have a guy in there that you feel like can do it. You know, Anthony McFarland is more like, you know, a, a bit part guy, third downs only kind of player, and, and so would probably be Morgan or Bird if, if those guys win that job. Instead, they don't really have a third real running back option uh, that I would, you know, trust to go play a whole game as a starter. Uh, we've seen that guy needed uh, over the, the last few years. So I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if we see an addition to the running back room, but I think you have to feel pretty good about the one and two. And if that's the big problem heading into the first practice of OTAs, then there are no big problems. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, let's 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 talk a little bit about think maybe things be, they're being overlooked. We've talked a lot about the rookies. We've talked a lot about Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr. Yesterday on Monday's episode, I talked a lot about Keanu Benton and how that defensive line it's going to look and how I think it could look very strong. What is an a, a thing an aspect of OTAs and what could be sort of sort of learned about over these next few weeks of OTAs that isn't being talked about enough in Pittsburgh media right now? Ooh, well, see, I'm going to talk about all this on my site, SteelersNow.com, uh-huh. about the same time this podcast is coming out. Oh. So I'm going to say that all these things I'm going to say, you should also just go to SteelersNow.com Absolutely. and read about them too. Uh, but here's here's my like quick you know sort of top five. Uh, does Alex Heisman show up and is he going to participate? Uh, because contract extension we've seen this for a couple of years now when it was Minka Fitzpatrick's turn when it was Deontay Johnson's turn those guys did not will he won't he I honestly don't think it matters that much Alex Heisman is really good he probably doesn't need OTAs uh and honestly they probably need a better look at the depth options uh, is DeMarvin Leal an outside linebacker 
is Nick Herbig an outside linebacker? If neither of them is an outside linebacker, then who the heck is? Uh, you know, I think those are all pretty good questions that, that we should be looking at uh, this week, certainly. How does Mike Tomlin set up the position battles on the offensive line? This, to me, is one of the great unknowns. Where will the first snap be taken for Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson? Are they going to be in the same place as they were last year? Are they going to just move them out of the way and, and sort of seed that competition and, and maybe say, okay, these guys might have a better option. You know, Are, are we going to see a competition at right tackle between Dan Moore and Chooks? Are we going to see – uh, Kevin Dotson is he gonna is he gonna battle with Samalo? Is he gonna battle with James Daniels? Is somebody gonna battle with with Ian Cole? At how, how does that how, how does that work? And so uh, I think that's a really interesting uh, part of this as well. And you know, I, mean, I think that's those those to me are the big storylines that I think I'm looking forward to and and seeing uh, what we can learn about the way. But I think that is you know the way. Mike Tomlin loves competition, but he also puts his finger on the scale all the time. You know, you think mm -hmm. about that quarterback battle last year. Like, was that a three-way battle? Sure. Was it really? No. <laughs> like, like, you know, the way he sets these things up matters a lot. And, um, you know, like, oh, how does Connor Hayward fit in? You know, I have a pretty good idea of, of what Darnell Washington is and what he brings to the table. Zach Gentry feels like just like a lot of the same stuff. Uh, do they have room for a fourth tight end? How how does he play in? Obviously, I really liked his rookie year, and I think he's a talented player, but it's not the sort of obvious fit that we can sit here and say, oh, this is how it's going to be for him. So I think there's a lot of that um, that I'm really looking forward to getting our eyes on and seeing what we can learn. I, I, there's a lot of that I agree is is, is, is going to be a big factor here. And, and you're right. I think about especially with the offensive line back to them. And again, I, we're not going to see these guys hitting. We're not going to see any, any progress there. But, the, you know, Kevin Dotson, you know, I remember last year when we were coming out of OTAs, Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green were both like, yeah, we're in a 50-50 battle to see who's going to start at, at left guard. I do not expect that to be the case for Isaac Silmalo. I, yeah. I and it's going to be an interesting. Don't question. expect it to be for James Daniels either. To be perfectly honest, that okay. Now that's a question. Where does James Daniels fit into the picture here? Does he get moved? Does he is he the one that gets moved? And we're overlooking Kevin Dotson sticking sticking in at starter there, or is there a whole another jumbled up version of this offensive line that we haven't even considered? Yeah, I think there's a lot of options there. And Mike Tomlin's held that one pretty close to the vest. And so I think that's one of the big things uh, that we can learn. Obviously, you know, we're not going to be able to make any real conclusions about how guys do. But I think where they start certainly tells a story about what Mike Tomlin is thinking. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see. Like, is, is Broderick Jones the first, the first rep left tackle? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that. But we'll see. I, I think he's going to have to earn it like Kenny did. I think that Dan Moore is going to start at that, and then I think by like mid training camp, you'll see him take it. You'll you'll see him take that spot. But I'm not so sure that Broderick Jones just gets handed that. Especially, I don't in think so either. I think we're going to see. If I had to make a prediction, which could be wrong in 12 hours or so, which Very is true. generally not a good idea to do, uh, I would say that I think we're going to see Dan Moore start at left tackle and Broderick Jones working with the second team. But I'm not 100 percent sure about that. It could be different. It'll be, I mean, Omar was talking about how they think Dan Moore can play different positions. You don't say that about a guy that you feel like you have locked in at a spot. Nobody's saying, oh, TJ Watt can play different positions. And no, like, <laughs> could he? yeah, sure, probably. But like, it's not happening. So uh, I think that's, that's interesting to me.
quick thought before we get out of here, because we've talked a lot of offense. Let's talk a little bit of defense here. Joey Porter Jr., where is where do we see him running in with at the start of OTAs? Yeah, I mean, to me, probably with the twos at outside corner. I think that's probably where he belongs right now. I think he like very well could be there for most of the season. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a problem. Uh, it's because you just play so many corners. You know, it's not like offensive line where you know one guy's gonna get 80, 90 percent of the reps. You know, corners are gonna move around. I'm more interested to see who goes to the slot. Like wh- where where do the slot corner? I, mean, I know Shannon Sullivan's gonna play there, maybe gonna play there a lot. Um, Trey Norwood, okay. Is is Pat Pete gonna move inside some? Is Corey Trice gonna move inside? Um, I'm interested to see how that shakes out because that's another spot where I don't think there is um, an obvious answer uh, right now, anyway, and and again, something that we can learn just by watching where guys line up, and not necessarily trying to make big conclusions about how guys do. I'm interested to see how things shake out at strong safety too between Keanu Neal and and Demonte KZ. I think I have in my head a pretty good idea what I think they're planning, but uh, I've been wrong before, and uh, we'll see. See if I'm surprised. I, I think there, there will, there's always surprises to be had when it comes to off seasons and how teams make adjustments. And there's a lot of adjustments that can be made. The Steelers have filled a lot of spots on their rosters on their roster. This isn't like I think in the past years where they've kind of just had to settle at several positions. They've had to settle at some, but I think at a lot, they've given themselves a lot of competition to look over and be excited to watch when the practices get going and the practices get going Tuesday morning here where we will be there. Alan will be there. I'll be there. Uh, A lot of people will be there covering it. So you'll see all the updates coming from OTAs. Do, do be excited for that. And we'll keep covering it here on the locked on Steelers podcast, just like Alan Saunders will keep covering it at SteelersNow.com. Alan, let people, they can find you, follow you, get more of your work and maybe some other things you got lined up. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, Steeler PGH Steelers. Now, uh, is the site on Twitter, SteelersNow.com is the site. site. You should go there and read all the stuff. Myself and Nick Faribault and the whole team have working. Um, really just excited to get to OTAs and, and uh, talk, to some, talk to some guys about football again. I think that's going to be pretty fun. Got a bunch of new guys in the locker room. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of – I don't have anything big because I'm just waiting to see what happens. We, we kind of, you know – Got to see, see how it goes first. We'll be light on our. We'll, what is, uh, we'll end with a Tomlinism here. A hardcore plan and then be light on our feet. That's uh, the hardcore plan is just to be light on our feet this week. That's all I got. Light on our feet. Look at you. Look at you being influenced by Mike Tomlin to set to spread his mechanisms out here through through the world. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Thank you so much for joining the show. As always, we'd love to have you back. We'll have you back next week talking more about OTAs as those continue throughout the offseason. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks again for checking us out. We'll be back Wednesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers after our first session of getting to see OTAs and talk to some of the players at their back. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about. Stick with us. We'll be with we right here covering your team every day here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 